theorizing that Quantum Leap would hold up after 30 years, two friends set out to watch every episode and vanished. Oh boy. Sam teaches English to undergrads. Reunites his ex with her dad. P.S. It's Watergate. Oh boy! Featuring Kristen and Leet. Yeah! Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Oh Boy! boy, It's it's Kristen Kristen and Leet. I'm Kristen. I'm Leet. And it's a good kind of Sunday. Yeah, it's Sunday today. Oh my. It sure is. Um, Yeah, this is the show where we watch an episode of Quantum Leap and then (laughs) talk about whatever happened to come up in that episode. And and this week... uh, Oh boy. Oh (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, We're on episode... So this is technically episode two? Yeah, technically episode two, episode three of the podcast. Yes, episode three of the podcast, episode two of Quantum Leap. What's the name of the episode we just watched? It was Starcrossed. That's right. Uh, and uh, <laughs> now, uh, now I remember. We leap into 1972, June of 1972. Yes. And, uh, oh, right, because it's summer school. Yeah, that's right. I was right. going to say, that's interesting. Okay, so it's a summer school. It's an all-girls school. An all-girls Catholic school. All-girls no Catholic less. school. College. College called Lawrence. <laughs> Yeah, so... They didn't have the rights to Sarah. Yeah, they didn't get the Sarah part. Is Sarah Lawrence actually like a Catholic college? Something like that. Let's Google that. Mm. That's something we can do. Google it, Leet. Google it, Leet. This is not a ripoff of uh, Look It Up, Scotty. Sarah Lawrence is a private liberal arts college in Yonkers, New York. So this, this fictional Lawrence College is in Ohio. We know that. Yeah. Uh... Yonkers. I didn't know there was anything in Yonkers. I only know about Lost in Yonkers. I only know about the first act of Hello, Dolly. Oh, I don't know about that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we're in, we're in Ohio at Lawrence College, yep. the Catholic College for Girls. The first thing we see is uh, Sam in a tweed suit. Yeah, with a pipe. Uh, is he, does he, have, he does have a pipe, yes. Because he drops it in yeah. shock when he realizes he has leapt. <laughs> I do remember the moment, because I thought, he looks real unnatural with that pipe, and then it fell out of his lips, mm-hmm. like like he heard my thoughts. You have to imagine that right before he leapt into that body, the guy looked so casual and, uh, and uh, what's the word, um, casual and natural with that pipe in his yeah. mouth, and then immediately Sam jumps in. And it, it gets tension. Yes. And uh, everybody, like all of the girls in class, notice that something is wrong with this professor. And um, so now it sort of makes sense why at in the sneak peek at the end of yesterday's, or yesterday's, the last week's episode, um, I just had a memory of all the girls looking at him lovingly. Now I'm wondering, Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought it was going to be like Indiana Jones. Boy. Uh, <laughs> it's more like Donald Sutherland in Animal House. <laughs> I, I do not know that reference. It's I, a horrifying movie. Okay. I, I kind of want to see it because I love Tom Hulse, but I don't want to mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin Tom yeah. Hulse. And it's myself. also, it's good for like Belushi being Belushi. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
But um, but yeah, I, I was soon to soon to learn that uh, he this professor does not look anything like Indiana Jones. But we'll get to we'll get to that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, um, one thing to know, and I suppose it makes sense because it's summer school. But when you cut to the class. First of all, there's only about three people in the class who speak in this scene at all. Maybe four. Oh, yeah. And also, even when they cut, to, when, when we see the wide angle of the class, there seems to be about six people in it. Yes. All crowded into one corner of the classroom. Yeah. And the thing that, like, the girls who do talk, the only reason that they talk is to prove what, is, what time period we're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, except for the one who's in love with him. Like, Yeah. Yeah. So, one girl for the relationship, another, um, yeah, to to say some hippie stuff, mm-hmm. um, and then the rest are silent on cameras. Yeah. But also, oh my god, the number of times they say the word horny in this episode. They love it. It's this, like, was that a big word in the 70s? In 72, I guess that's when it was invented, and people were like real on board of the horny Loved train. <laughs> and so, at one point, I think the first mention we have is, are you saying that the only reason... Oh, fuck, who, what, what was the uh, reference they made? But Was it... It wasn't Wuthering Heights, because he's talking about Wuthering Heights. Yeah, yeah, he's lecturing on Wuthering Heights... And oh, it was it was Emily Bronte. It yeah. was like because I, I got mad because for our listeners, I love Wuthering Heights um, very much. It's my favorite book. And then here they are butchering it and talking about like, wow, was what was Emily Bronte super horny? I'm like, well, first of all, she probably was. Aren't she was on her deathbed. <laughs> she was writing on her deathbed basically because she was like extremely ill most of her life. <laughs> so lay off. But can I actually, looking at my notes here, mm-hmm. take a quick moment to talk about the new, um, what do you call it? Like title screen. Yeah. The, whatever you call it. Intro. The, the, the intro. opening credits or the, yeah. 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 Um, so we have new colors. Mm-hmm. We have this like groovy new thing. And they show like these pictures like of people's faces and times and places. Yep. Including the swamp thing? Yep. More than once? Was it more than once? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it just stood out to me the most. Because I was like, wait a minute, is he going to leap into the swamp thing? It's just cultural touchstones of the decades, I would say. Would we call the swamp thing a cultural touchstone? Sure, Universal Movie Monsters, yeah, I would say so. Is he the most recognizable one? No. But I guess you can't be like Dracula. It's very 50s. Yeah, all right. I'll take it. And it also might have, like, the copyright might have lapsed or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the uh, the opening credits turn very 80s. Like, it's very yeah. body break. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I'm seeing some, like, Saved by the Bell lightning bolts. Absolutely, yeah. Neon pinks and bright greens. Yeah. Like, clem- coming close to the early 90s. Yeah, stuff. they yeah. are very cool. It's so cool. <laughs> It's really cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just want to talk about how cool the <laughs> intro was before we move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're talking about Wuthering Heights. Oh, yeah. The other thing I was going to say is uh, I now know that only... Or, I, do we think all the girls are in love with this professor or is it just that one girl? I don't know. Like My implication from this episode was that all of them were sleeping with him. 
Okay. Uh, but enough. may like love may or may not have been on the table. They all seem to have like a, a certain affection for him. And they feel very open about discussing things like horniness and sex in the middle of an English lecture where yeah. he's a man and like a like a male teacher and they're at all least, girls. At it's at an least all girls school. Forty eight years old or so. Oh at least. least. He's got to be sixty minimum. <laughs> but also all the way through he was okay, so okay, spoiler alert, the main uh, thrust of this episode is that he meets the Sam meets the love of his life when she's in undergrad and the entire time he's talking to her he's talking about if I were 12 years younger 12 years younger oh he says 12 years okay. over and over and I over again that. oh he is a rough 48 man <laughs> like, I know that nowadays people are people are looking better longer mm-hmm Looking mm-hmm. younger longer. Listen, I gotta, I gotta say that. People are looking younger for longer. But um, this guy, like when, when Sam looks in the mirror, and I'm not saying that he's like ugly, because that's rude. But like, listen, it's, it's, it's that his hair was everywhere. He looked like he hadn't slept in weeks. He looked, he looked terrible. He looked like he hasn't been taking care of himself. And yet all these girls are like fawning over him. He's not like the hot professor. He's no, he's like not the, the hot professor. But he is the one who wrote a book about literary love. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just that it's like, yeah, he's the kooky, uh, strange prof that you love for being so weird. All right, who is that prof for you? Which one? The yeah, kooky? Yeah, did you, have, did you co- have a kooky? Cork- cork- the kooky one? Yeah. All of them. No, um... Uh, let's see. Uh, I took a, I had to get a, a, a credit in, in, in science and I took this geology class and the professor always wore like khaki shorts and a khaki shirt and a safari hat and he was an older British gentleman and he would take us outside and be like, we're going to look at rocks today. And it was like a cartoon of an English explorer and I loved him. This is very good. He's the, cause I failed my first science class that I that I took for my compulsory science credit in in undergrad because it was called Dinosaurs and the History of Life. So I thought it would be dinosaurs, and I'd be like, I can, I'm gonna nail it. I can identify all kinds of. I dinosaurs. was one six. <laughs> like I know what a stegosaurus looks like. I know I know all about them. Turns out it was more about um, the history of life, which is like single celled organisms and stuff. And yeah, it's a bait and switch. They got me. <laughs> they got me, and I failed hard. Mine was also my uh, my science credit which was uh, freshman astronomy. <laughs> and uh, the professor's name was Walt Zukauskas or something like that. Ooh. So good. But he was, like, the thing about him was that he had some kind of uh, respiratory ailment. And so like somehow or other, it always helped him. He would go into coughing fits and then he would have um, candy canes. That he would always be sucking on candy canes because it relieved his his kind of breathing difficulties. But also, this was September. And <laughs> how old are these candy canes, Walt? <laughs> you all just thought he was super festive. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. Uh, okay, anyway. so one of the one of the ongoing themes that we hear here is that Sam, for all the fact that he's a, a super genius with six doctorates, he hates English lit so yeah. much and knows nothing about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's also this running thing of like all of the girls in his class, let's be honest, are painted as kind of 
dumb. Real dumb. Yeah, real dumb. Like, they're either talking about sex and horniness or, like, yeah, how groovy and cool things are. Like, they're they're not intellectual at all. Um, And... Especially the one who was in love with him, um, uh, Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee. Who, as soon as I saw her, before even knowing she was going to be one of the main players in this episode, I was like, why is this one student 40? And then I felt bad because I'm like, a student can totally be 40. Yeah. Like, you can you can be a, an, an older, like, or what do you call it, a mature student. And then I, was, I thought it was high school, so then I was going to be like, oh, no, she can't be 40. And then it turns out I was right. So I, I feel kind of bad yeah. now. That I was like, she's way too old, but you you can you can go back to school anytime. But she's also dating um, Oscar. <laughs> Oscar, who's like a thirty five year old man who's on the college wrestling team. That's what I was gonna say. Or he, he goes to Ohio State. I'm sorry, just to clarify, he goes to Ohio State and he's on the wrestling team. Yeah. So I that that uh, that kind of checks out. They both are super mature college students mm-hmm. and yet they act very immaturely it's delightful yeah they're the best part um, um but yeah i think it's safe to say that uh uh lawrence college is a science school and not a liberal arts school right well because the thing i was gonna say is terry hatcher who's like the science girl oh spoiler alert terry hatcher is in this episode sorry yeah and she's the yeah the main Love. Have we? Did we talk? Did you talk about her in the brief recap? No, we haven't mentioned her at all. Well, we. we oh yeah, we did mention. I said that uh, you know he meets the love of Sam's life, but we didn't kind of go into that. Okay. Well, so it's Terry Hatcher. It's and Terry Hatcher. She's in science or physics or something or other. <laughs> anyway, you know, yeah. and she is painted as very down to earth and smart and reasonable. Yeah. So I'm like this. This show. The show writers. Donald P. Belisario does not like literature. He does not look well on, I guess, no. people who study liter- literature and English majors. He thinks English majors are stupid. And I'm like, you know what? We kind of are. Like, fair enough. I didn't major. I minored in English. <laughs> I was even worse. I majored in theater. <laughs> <laughs> it's even worse. Yeah. Um, fair enough, Donald. Donna Elisi is Terry Hatcher's name in the episode. Yes. Um, And she is such a genius that she <laughs> is able to wrap her... She's a freshman... I think. Is she a freshman? Anyway, she's an undergrad. Yeah. She uh, She's an undergrad student who is able, when Sam explains it to her, to grasp quantum leap theory. Yeah. Which is A, 30 years in the future, <laughs> and B, created by Sam Beckett, who's a super genius. And this is Terry Hatcher being able to be like, oh yeah, I get it. Yeah, and we're supposed to be like, well, it's the love of his life, so of course she's a super genius too, but it's like she's But why is she at 20. Lawrence College? And she's 20. Like, she wasn't that smart when she... Nobody's that smart when they're 20. She should be at MIT or something. Yeah, yeah. What are you, what are you At the Sorbonne. <laughs> she should be winning the Nobel Prize. What's she doing <laughs> in fucking um, uh, Lawrence College and also taking uh, Professor Bryant's lit class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, but like, okay. Let's let's get back. I I jumped ahead with Terry Hatcher there. But, no, that's okay. But um, yeah. For for a hot minute there, I thought that we were at a Catholic high school, and then I was so worried when when oh, when yeah. I found out that they were having an affair. I was like, oh, yeah. oh no. Okay. So that's that's the next plot point is we find out that uh, Jamie Lee and uh, Professor Bryant are having an affair together, and mm-hmm. she 
loves to quote uh, romantic literature to him, which Sam is constantly guessing what it is and guessing wrong. Yeah, one of my favorite parts is when, but this is before we know, well, we kind of know there, there, something's going on, that she at least has a crush on him. And he's like, I, I got to go this way. And she's like, your home is that way. No, it's what, what it's, <laughs> she, she, she hangs around his neck. And and uh, starts talking romantic to him. And he looks up to the heavens and says, I want to go home. And she goes, oh, but your home is this way. And then walks him <laughs> home like students do. It, just, it was one of the, not one of the finest lines I've no, heard on this TV show so Donald far. has done better. But your home is this way. <laughs> oh, yikes. Um. So uh, they go to, to Professor Bryant's house, which looks exactly like you imagine it would. It's very small and cramped. Not particularly clean. Yeah. And he looks in his mirror and we see Professor Bryan's, like I said, and I was uh, I was shocked. Mm-hmm. And I wrote in capital letters, Jamie Lee, what are you doing? Why are you throwing yourself away? Like you could do dude? so much better, Jamie Lee. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't like her haircut, but other than that, she's fine. <laughs> so so much for appearances. But um, um He looks like what I said is that he looks like um like a a bit like Walter Frey from Game of Thrones mm-hmm. sure. with his like sixteen year old daughter wife, which uh, was not a great <laughs> image for yeah. me. Yeah, but it, but you know, on brand. Kind of accurate though. But again, like the main thing when you when you finally watch um, Animal House, you'll definitely see. I like, it's clearly Donald Sutherland. Okay. From Animal House. Ugh, yikes. We get we get a bit of a scene of them. Uh, in his house uh, with him trying to convince her not to be in love with him and instead to be in love with her boyfriend, Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, she thinks Oscar is a drip because he doesn't quote poetry to her. Is this, does he do that? He does that in the first scene Yep, with in the first too? scene. Well, she tells him about Oscar and uh, uh, how he, how unsatisfying he is. Right. Um, again, I don't, I didn't write down any particularly good quotes. But... Oh, I did. Um First of all, uh, with her references to how her daddy is going to horsewhip Professor Bryan. Sure. And like, she's also got uh, like this Southern lady accent uh, that she talks like Blanche Dubois, basically. A little bit, yeah. And is just overdramatic all the time. She basically, yeah, that's all I saw this whole time. Yeah, and, and a horse whipping, that's also very like, <laughs> like gone with the wind. I also like um, now that you mention it. I like this notion that it's um, this this actor, you know, got the script and was doing her doing her homework on it. Saw the word horse whipping in the script and was like, ah, that's the one word on which I'm going to base my character. She's obviously a Southern belle. <laughs> now I've got her. Now I've got this character. And um, and then uh, 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 oh, that was the other quote. She refers to Oscar as a Neanderthal. Mm-hmm. Again, very Blanche Dubois, um, but oh, and then she he he says something about in his head because uh, she says like we're like Romeo and Juliet, and in his head he he thinks like Juliet committed suicide. No, this is this is the appearance of Al. She says we're like Romeo oh, and Juliet. Yeah. Al suddenly appears in the room and says Juliet committed suicide, just That's helpfully right. because Sam wouldn't know this. 
Jam, <laughs> Sam uh, <laughs> decides to uh, repeat that last word for some reason. He just suicide. says suicide, which Jamie <laughs> seems to think is a very good idea. Yeah, she has a very positive reaction. To She's the like, oh, suicide, suicide, absolutely. <laughs> she throws her arms around his neck and says, oh, a love pact. Like, or she goes, suicide, oh, a love pact. Like, that's obviously what yeah. he meant. Well, I mean, when, when you just... when you just when you're talking about love and then uh, with no um, as a non sequitur, just blurt out the word suicide. <laughs> like, what are you to think? Of course, that's what that is. Is it? If I if I was having a romantic moment and then someone just muttered suicide. <laughs> Yeah, I would probably I take that I, as a rejection. I think I would be like, all right. I mean, don't let me keep you. There's the door. Please don't kill yourself. Um, <laughs> anyway, he manages to convince her that suicide is probably not the best idea, or at least Great. to postpone the notion of suicide. Um, and he... Uh, somehow they get onto uh, Romeo... Uh, no, uh, onto Lancelot and Guinevere, at which point yeah. he manages to kick her out by saying they'll meet again when the sun has crested over the towers of C- uh, Camelot. Oh, yeah. Which, sure. Okay. <laughs> is that 9.30 or...? <laughs> so what time? What, what time zone is Camelot? Like, they're in Ohio. Camelot's <laughs> in England, so it's like five hours ahead. Yeah. He wants to get her out so he can talk to Al, um... When they have a conversation that I really liked and was excited to ask you about, mm-hmm. because uh, he says something like, or, or he's talking about like, I'm here to uh, to fix things with Donna because yep. he saw Donna. He outside. saw Donna cross the quad earlier on. Yeah, and he's like, "That's why I'm here." And Al goes like, "No, it's not." And then he says, "How do you know?" And then Al says, "The computer." And then he says, uh, "Sam says." I don't give a damn what the computer says. Did Sam not create the c- yeah. computer? Yeah, Sam made the computer, but also he's a man in love. <sighs> Calculations be damned. Although it turns out to be correct. Yeah. In the end. That's, that's a good point that he was right to go with his mm-hmm. gut. And also, like, like, to be fair, like, Al gave the figure. He said Ziggy was 99.5% sure that that was what he was there to do, mm. was to stop. Because um, in the original timeline, uh, Professor Bryant and Jamie Lee got married, like, I think he said still in 72, in, like, July of 72. So, like, a month after this episode. Holy shit. Ziggy is 99.5% sure that Sam is there to prevent the marriage because that would ruin both of their lives. But I'm like, mm, would it, though? Like, they seem not too badly suited to each other. No, they're both a mess. Like, like he's older and she's younger, but that said, like... She's not that much younger. <laughs> I just want to reiterate. Yeah, this is, a, this is a 40-year-old actor. He's also 48, apparently. I thought he was 60, and she was maybe, like... Let's actually do this, because I want to find out... That girl was not how like old 20. that actor was. I was like, I was guessing she was thirty, but you think she's like forty? No, no, probably thirty. There was just a. Let's do this. She didn't look that old. She just didn't look twenty. Or she's a freshman. I mean, I don't. They don't actually go into what year these people are all, all right. in. While Leet's looking this up, I'm just gonna put it to everyone uh, the question about when the theme song plays dreamily. In scenes of Quantum Leap where he's being particularly pensive, 
It kind of sounds like they're about to play Kesara, which would also work really well. Because uh, he doesn't know whatever will be, will be. And the future is not his to see. So uh, this oh, okay, actor... Back. So this, as we all know, this uh, episode premiered in 1989. Uh, the actor is Leslie S. Sachs. Her, her main credit on IMDb that she's most well known for is Dracula Dead and Loving It. Oh! Oh, she was the maid, or the 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 at the theater. She was the usher. Yeah, uh, I I'll take your word for it. She was the know. usher who goes like, "There's an important message for you in the lobby," but she keeps getting the message wrong. I I've, oh, I have not right. seen this movie in a very long time. I knew I knew her. Um, and I cannot find a birth date for her, so we don't know how old she is. Okay, that's fine. There's it's no fine. way to know. There's no way to know. Um, but she... I, I knew I knew her. Anyway, my point is that it doesn't seem like they would be ruining their lives by getting married, those two. No, they seem to be happy. It can't possibly be that bad. Like, sure, he's having an affair with a student, but, like, this was a different time. Yeah. And they, they in no way do they justify why that would be a bad thing. No, that's never... It's never, like... It's inappropriate for yeah. us to be together. It's what about Oscar? And 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 she's she she clearly does not like Oscar. She just says Oscar wants to put a pin on me or something. Yeah, she wants to pin me. Oh, that's after what like as uh, that's that's actually a pretty clever play on words. Where after she describes Oscar as being on the wrestling team and she want and he wants to pin her, like that's a pretty good joke. Fair enough. Pretty pretty good, Donald P. Belisario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like. You know, so she's she's not into Oscar. We haven't treated her affair with Professor Bryans as a bad thing. So what's what's the problem? Yeah. She's not cheating on Oscar because like she seems to have made it clear that she's not interested. Well, but Oscar seems to think they're together. Yeah, but like yeah, in the way that that men back then who had crushes would just uh, assume. Um, after he's gotten rid of. Jamie Lee, and he has this conversation where he tells Al to fuck off. Uh, he goes to the bar, the Rathskeller, to meet with Donna Alisi. Can I can I make one more point about that conversation? So they talk about someone named Weitzman or Weisman. Yep. Who he's like the he's on the board of Quantum Leap Enterprises. Maybe I didn't understand this dialogue. But so so he says something about you work with Weissman who wears a stovepipe hat and is obsessed with Lincoln. Mm-hmm. What? So like, it's... do you work with a guy who dresses up like Abraham Lincoln? Yes, that is that is the long and short of it. And this is especially poignant later when we see Al dressed as a pharaoh. Because <laughs> I wonder what this. What is it in the future? Is it like fashion now? It's just yeah. that you can just dress however the fuck you want. Well, I mean, it's a time travel uh, uh, corporation, so uh, yeah. presumably they can just just there's there's no dress code. It's just it's just the purge in terms of like clothing fashion. and it's quantum the purge leap. Of fashion in the future. Anything goes at Quantum Leap. I just think it's so crazy that, like, they just say that real, real offhandedly. Yeah. Like, hang on, go back for a second. And you're like, real quick, you're like, is this a joke? Is this, like, is this 
actually meant to be TV comedy right now because it's not. Yeah, yeah. Is he being sarcastic? No, no. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, he's a short guy. He dresses like this. Oh, no, he dresses like Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I'm talking about that guy. Because I'm like, <laughs> we, we don't know Weissman, so all yeah. of this sounds crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Whatever he wears, I don't like Weissman. Oh, I'm the opposite. I'm like, I can't wait till we meet Weissman. Anyway, Sam goes to the Rathskeller yes. to meet with Donna Alisi. And they're playing Iron Butterfly. Yep. Um, yep. In a God in Vida. Um, Al steps into a black light and becomes transparent. That's fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that is anything. I hope maybe, hopefully it pays off at some point in the future. That'd be pretty good if, like, in season four, they actually bring that back and make it useful in some way. Maybe they do this. Maybe Belisario did the, the science behind this and was like, no, if you put a hologram, or he's not a hologram. He is. He's a, he's a oh, yeah. neuro, neurological hologram or something like that. They described in episode one. Maybe they did the science and figured out that if you put a hologram under, under a black light, it does compromise the integrity of the hologram but if it's in his brain yeah it shouldn't yeah it's 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 just I'm calvin ball like but... no it's there's there's no rhyme or reason fair enough go on okay so yeah she so donna recognizes yeah professor brian's uh he's her clearly professor. taught her either currently or no he must be currently because she talks about uh, i'll earn my a the old-fashioned way or whatever he, oh yeah and let me just tell you about this this scene I oh, watched. It's real creepy. I watched it and I just typed over and over. I hate this episode. I yeah. hate this episode. Oh, yeah. It like, was so uncomfortable. Not only is it really creepy because it's creepy on like three levels. First of all, the level that kind of everyone else would be seeing, which is this really creepy old teacher hitting on 20 year old Terry Hatcher. And like doing like grabbing her wrist at one point and like making her look in his eyes, and that's really creepy. Ooh. It's also creepy that it's Sam, who's like a thirty-five-year-old man, He's... doing this to his twenty-year-old future fiance, maybe kind of not really. Yeah, and he keeps looking at her and being like, "You know, you know who I am, don't yeah. you?" And it's like, "How? I don't listen. I'm not a time travel expert, but how is twenty-year-old?" I don't understand the science of this. Yeah, but then the third level on which this is really creepy is the way it's shot, yeah. which is when when we're framing on Sam, it's a dirty shot, which means we get to see a little bit of the outline of the person he's talking to. But because he's sitting down at a table and she's standing up serving him, the framing is just his head and her boob, and that's <laughs> all it is. I didn't it's even like, notice that. Donald, stop! <laughs> Why would you do this? Leave this 20-year-old alone. God. And she very distinctly says to him in this scene, um, yeah, I also wrote in capital letters, also, she is so young right now. I hate this episode. I yeah. feel unclean. It's very bad. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable making. Um, and she calls him out. She like She's like, like you said, oh, I'll earn my A the old fashioned way work, or, yeah. oh, with hard work and I'm like yeah call them out call them out and at one point she f- fully says I don't want to talk to you anymore and walks away She's, and he keeps talking to her no it's even better she says please don't ever talk to me again or something like that yeah. she tells him like please and she says it politely but firmly yeah she's like she is absolutely right and like good for her and for like, saying Sam, it so clearly cut your losses bro she told you in 
no unclear terms. Mm-hmm. Do not ever talk to me again. And, and 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 I suppose like going back to the second level at which this is creepy. Mm-hmm. The reason that Sam is doing it in the first place is because in the future she is going to leave Sam at the altar, and so he's trying to mind control her by like fixing her trauma or whatever. Once I learned that this episode was about him trying to yeah fix his. Uh, ex-lover's daddy issues. I was like, that's really disgusting. This is, again, it's one of those things, like, and the the thing that I love so much about this show that we're probably going to talk about a lot is having 1989, 1990s, quote-unquote, liberalism, which is not particularly woke. Oh, no. Taking that and applying that to previous decades and it's like i suppose like again if you were a white middle class person watching this in 1989 you'd be like oh man this is such a great refreshing take on history but it's it's like almost more horrifying yeah yeah it's than just straight up ignorance yeah 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 you're right because he's knowingly like you said it's mind control it's, yeah it's very gross and um Oh, also, we also have this great line, the, like the very beginning of the scene as she's approaching the table for the first time. We get the voiceover narration that says, she smelled the same. <gasps> and he continues, too bad I didn't. <laughs> oh my God, Donald, why? Why? So that this 20 year old can be go with you and you're not actually you and it's all gross every layer of it is gross the fact that it's sam the fact that he's professor brian's none of it works yeah plus the fact that it's donald p belisario yeah 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 <laughs> he's like yeah <laughs> smeller, smeller and also professor. it's <laughs> <laughs> and given last episode and his uh really emotional moment talking to his father i think belisario <laughs> He's probably the one with daddy issues, but mm-hmm. um, then we get to the part where uh, so she leaves after yeah. clearly telling him to back off, which he doesn't. Yeah. So more on that later. <laughs> um, and then Oscar shows up. Oscar shows up at the bar. Oh, Oscar! Oscar is my favorite part of this. Episode. He's like the Mikey of this episode. Yeah, he he's so good. <laughs> the standout he's huge, performance, first of all, like <laughs> this enormous dude. With the biggest face, like he's just. Oh got my this god! He's got face. the head of a moose. <laughs> and, and he's so good. Like he's got this big, like reddish hair. He's he's just fascinating to look at, and I, and he's so funny. Yeah. So she, he starts beating up who yep. he thinks is Professor Brian. The first the first thing he says is, "I'm going to break your face," <laughs> which he says several times in this episode. Well, yeah, it's such a breakable face. It's. And I know that he's seeing Professor Brian's, mm-hmm. and we're seeing Sam, but I still think Sam's face is very breakable, so good, good on him. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they start fighting, and then and then it's on it's on Sam to tell him, like, no, 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 you should absolutely be, like, you, you should be with her, with mm-hmm. Jamie Lee. Um, he does this great um, uh, reasoning of, uh, uh, he, uh, Oscar starts complaining that, Jamie Lee is talking about Professor Bryant all the time, and Sam says, "You see, that's proving that she loves you. Because if she loved me, she'd be she wouldn't be talking about me all the time. But because she loves you, she's talking about me all the time, trying to make you jealous." And Oscar gets this great blank reaction <laughs> shot. 
of him trying to figure out what was just said. Yeah, yeah. And and like he said something that I loved in that scene was uh he says like no, Jamie Lee is always talking to me about you, Oscar. He says she said that uh you make her feel like you make her feel the earth moving. I'm like okay. Now Oscar obviously is not being shown as the brightest bulb in the drawer, but um but he buys it and I'm thinking like why aren't you thinking that why is why is one of your students talking to you about her boyfriend? Like, like I find yeah. that hard to believe too. It's like, why are you talking about us? Why are you talking about your love life to your teacher? I don't know. But that's, a, I guess it's not as bad, but it's um, still bad. Um, uh, and then in trying to uh, teach um, Oscar, although I will say Oscar is the wrong name for this guy because he for sure should have won an Emmy for this performance. Oh, Leet made a joke. Anyway, um, I never Leet makes a joke song. Another another great uh, uh, line of dialogue here is uh, Sam says, "Isn't she in your thoughts night and day?" And Oscar replies, "Yeah, except for wrestling practice." Mm-hmm. Just, uh, Oscar, you're the gem. Of Très this intéressant. <laughs> um, but. But yeah, yeah, and and uh, Oscar writes a limerick because <laughs> yeah. he's like, I do recite poetry to her. Okay, what'd you tell her? And he's like, there once was a guy named Oscar, something or other. <laughs> yeah, and then and then and then uh, Sam immediately was like, wait, 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 no limericks, no yeah. limericks. I, my next note is just let's generalize about women because the rest of the scene ends up being women like this. If you want to win. A woman, this is what you do. Yeah, yeah. It's like, not like, Jamie Lee clearly has interests in English lit. Maybe you should try <laughs> to take an interest in what she likes. Yeah. Not that. It's, oh, women like poetry. All women love all poetry. All the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And my favorite is the way this scene at the bar ends, I think. Because um, Oscar leaves feeling like I don't know. I guess he's uh, inspired to try new things with with her, uh, poetry wise. That is, and then this waitress comes up to to um, Sam. <laughs> Sorry, I get so confused with the show. This waitress comes up to Sam and is like, "Did did you get tomatoes? Do you want your tomatoes? Because I could get you tomatoes." <laughs> and she just starts. These talking. tomatoes are very important. <laughs> I could get you ten tomatoes. I could get you twenty whole tomatoes if you want them. Which actually. Like, <laughs> Just reminded me, because I had a note of this and I forgot. Um, when Sam initially is ordering the burger, he, he asks for a Coke and then he says, I'll have a burger, medium, rare, hold the onions, whatever, and starts, and she completes the order for him, which he takes as a sign that she can see that it's truly Sam, even though she hasn't yet met Sam. Isn't it more likely that they just like their burger the same way? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's like thinks it's yeah. like so profound that she knew how he likes his burger. It's like, or how many options are there in a damn yeah. burger? Either, either like it's more likely that you and Professor Bryant just happen to like the same burger, or you got Swiss cheese memory and you're ordering his order. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ugh. But yeah, yeah, I love that that server with it. Did you get your tomatoes? <laughs> The other thing I love about this scene, and this is just kind of the macro of this scene, is that, like, if you 
as an outside observer, you're like, okay, this com- professor walks in. Uh, the waiter waitress approaches. They start having like a very intense conversation. He ends up standing and leaning over the table and making hard oh. eye contact with her. He grabs her wrist. She tells him, I don't want to talk to you anymore and walks away. He approaches her at the kind of server station. Uh, she walks away again. Then a big guy in a Letterman jacket <laughs> arrives and starts pushing the professor around. They walk over to the dartboard. The guy starts throwing darts near the head of the professor. He ends up leaving. He goes back to his table. Like, this is not what restaurants look like. I this mean, is not how people move around in a restaurant. I mean, it is kind of like, isn't it kind of like a CD? CD 70s bar or something? Yeah. Blasting iron butterfly. But it's also like a goes. campus bar. That's true. And nobody looks up from what they're doing. Like, nobody even, like, gives them, like, side eye. That's true. Like, maybe you don't have to call the cops or... Yeah. I I think definitely a guy on the wrestling team throwing around the lit professor is probably something to take note of. Yeah. If you're going to ignore the fact that he just grabbed a 20-year-old waitress, like, fine. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll buy that maybe in the 70s you you don't care about that. (laughs) But you're going (laughs) to... I don't know. And it's just like, yeah, these, all, a, these, all, right. all these extras are just like so intently not eating their fries or whatever. <laughs> yeah. They're just, they're just, yeah. It's all so, part for the course. Now we're in back in uh, Professor Brian's house and we just get mm. a very long shot of him watching the evening news talking about the 1972 presidential race because, hey guys, it's 1972. Uh-huh. This will play in later. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and then in comes from the window, which is wide open on the first floor, mm-hmm. I, which I makes me very nervous every time I see that on film, um, is Jamie Lee dressed as Guinevere. Right down to the crown. She's got the crown. She did her hair. She, like, curled her hair the right way. She She's wearing this long, white, like, medieval gown. Um totally like modest too mm-hmm. but we we are immediately under the impression that this is a sexual role play scenario yep which is for me the most like yeah cerebral role play i've ever seen she's wearing like again not a particularly sexy outfit no um yeah she comes in through the window speaking like guinevere yeah um because the sun has crested over the towers of camelot <laughs> No, it hasn't, but that's fine. Fair enough. Maybe tomorrow it has. And then Al shows up and goes... So just as I'm thinking, like, this is the nerdiest role play I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Not that I've seen... <laughs> I don't watch people's sexual role playing. That's weird. Anyway, so Al... Al. <laughs> Al, Al shows up. <laughs> Al shows up. And holograms his way into the professor's closet where he's like, oh boy, you should see all this kinky stuff in here. There's leather and there's plastic and there's latex and oh, you really got to look at all this kinky stuff, he says. And I'm like, okay, so that happened just as I'm talking about how tame his sex life is and was immediately proven wrong. Yeah, but also this raises a really interesting physics question. Yeah. Because Al's a hologram, so you can imagine, yeah, he can, like, walk through stuff and whatever. But if he sticks his head into a closed cupboard... Yeah. It's dark in there. Yeah. But also, like, even (laughs) given that, even if you say he's got, like, flashlight eyes or whatever, he's a neurological hologram married to Sam's brain. He should only be seeing what Sam sees. Yeah. 
Yeah. You'd think. It's very strange. Yeah, it's like TV ghost thing where you're just like, like, okay, I don't know if I've talked to you. I've talked to you about the ghost in Mrs. Muir, I think, br- briefly. We've Yeah, you've mentioned it. Because um, that's a TV show that I got into recently from, I think it's from the 60s or 70s. And there's this ghost who, I'm just going to take a quick segue for a second. Of course. Because it's about a ghost. Um, and uh, kind of has this on again, off again uh, relationship with the woman living in his house, Mrs. Muir. And at the beginning, it's like, okay, he can teleport. That makes sense. Like, you know, ghosts probably can, like, blink and be over there or blink and be over here. He can, like, move things around even though he's a ghost. Maybe he can telekinetically move, like, a little thing. But then in later episodes, he can, like, teleport a couch from inside the house to outside the house, which he does at one point, or he, like, crashes a guy's car. He makes he makes a huge storm happen on the island, and then I'm like, the ghost is completely omnipotent in this show, which is very terrifying, especially given that it's just a lighthearted romantic comedy. Yeah. Like, this is an excellent show where Charles Nelson Riley like, got his... I, like, young Charles Nelson Riley was doing his thing. It was excellent. Mm-hmm. But, like, holy shit, this ghost can move huge pieces of furniture well, what's, <laughs> great okay. distances. What's the... Um, kind of religious overdose because like, maybe he's just because he's dead he's got like a pipeline to God he's like yo God could you move this couch for me none none never well I don't think I think actually it's made distinctly clear if not in the show then in the movie from like the 40s mm-hmm. that this show was based on um, there I'm is pretty no God. sure it's they full on say I died and there is no God no that doesn't happen <laughs> he's like yeah I'm a ghost and here's what I've learned. No, um, he does say in that in that film that like he is not a religious man. Mm-hmm. So um, whether that know. carries into the TV show or not, I mm. don't know. But just this whole thing about ghost science in TV shows. Yeah, you know. What's the deal? There's another great moment later on that I'm like, how does this even work? But we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I will just flag in terms of Al's uh, on point outfit. This he's wearing an all black, just. You know, shirt and pants, like just normal black. I think there might be like a blue lining or something. Yeah, yeah. But he's got this great neon <laughs> blue star lapel pin. That when I say neon, I mean it's literally a neon light. Like it's lighting. Not yeah, the, the color lit. neon blue. It's like a neon light that's a blue star, just as a like as a pin. It was very striking. It's like he's his outfit game is great. Oh, yeah, that's one of the, the costume most people must have loved that. Yeah. Um, and then, as, 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 uh, as, I keep getting the girls' names mixed up, as Jamie Lee leaves, mm-hmm. dressed as Guinevere, mm-hmm. he ushers her out the door. Out the window. Oh, out the window. He throws her out the window. He ushers her out the window, and she extends her arm and makes a peace sign and says, like, peace, like someone who has seen a hippie once in her <laughs> life. Yeah. For no reason. I'm like, I I guess we know now that, okay, so they're talking about Nixon and the election. And so, like, obviously the saying peace, making a peace sign, like a big nerd is And it's like Vietnam. Like, this this, this episode touches on the Vietnam War as well. So, like, peace is a thing that's in the zeitgeist. I get it. But she's, just the way she says it proved to me that she is probably 40. Yeah, it's also (laughs) very, no, because if she were 40 at this time, she would remember the 70s. That's true. <laughs> but it's also like very out of character in her Guinevere. She's been in character as Guinevere this entire time. And then just as she's leaving, instead of saying farewell, my brave knight, she just goes 
peace. Yeah, it was very weird. It was very jarring. It also it reminds me a little bit of um, a production of Twelfth Night I once saw that was set kind of in the '60s, and and all of the different groups of people were like different '60s archetypes. So uh, like uh, Orlando and his court were all kind of like Andy Warhol artist types. Orsino. Orsino. What did I say? Orlando. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. That's that's. <laughs> now I'm gonna like make it. a song that's Leet made a mistake. <laughs> Lee cut his Shakespeare wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, um, Orsino and his court are all. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna edit that out. No, don't. Uh, they're I all. Don't, I would hate if you did. They're all Andy Warhol uh, kind of artists, and Olivia is that the right name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Olivia and well, her I'll let court you know if it's the wrong are name. all like kind of beach movie types, and then all the clowns are like weird like Vietnam vet oh. like uh, stoner weird types but the point is that throughout the show whenever anyone says the word peace but in like the shh you oh, know yeah, yeah. how in like Shakespeare times like way. peace is like be quiet but every single time they would do a big peace sign and go peace <laughs> and I'm like that's like objectively not what you're saying here yeah that's not what that line means, and you can't make it mean the other thing. Do it the one time that it works. Yeah, do it the one it time go. and make, let that be a joke. But if you're like, for sure, like if you're in a scene, <laughs> Every time. if you're in a scene when you're like sneaking around and you hear somebody coming down the stairs and you say peace, it doesn't mean that. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, this is one point. I well, we'll get more on L's. Uh, Several wives. Oh, I was so. I have a note about that. I was he, so excited. That was literally my next note. He, Sam. Sam. Yeah, it was my next note too. <laughs> uh, Sam says uh, talks about how Donna Elise in the future will leave him at the altar, and Sam says or Al says, "Oh, I wish some of my wives had left me at the altar," which is. Yeah. Oh, Al. Or he said two. I wish two of them. I, think I he wish said a one couple, or two. Yeah, a couple, couple of them. Yeah. It's like, hmm, Al, you're an interesting guy. Yeah. <laughs> you. <laughs> Again, have the sexual politics of 1989. <laughs> like Rodney Dangerfield in 1989. Owl, you are full of surprises. Owl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and then, of course, he goes to talk to Donna again. Again, because she clearly is sending him mixed Never signals. Never talk to me again, she said. But that's fine. And he decides to go to her in a classroom. And he dresses all sexy in this movie. He does. He also, we get a great voiceover narration about Sam's love of Bunsen burners. So I'll just, I'll just, we won't go into it, but just (laughs) check out the episode for the Bunsen burner uh, soliloquy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and while he's talking to her, dressed sexy, after she said, don't talk to me, this, like, sexy saxophone plays. And I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, Come on, man. <laughs> just leave it alone. And also, like, the first thing he does, like, he walks into the room silently, goes over to the blackboard that she's working on, and just, like, completes the equation for her, and then stands back. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, Thanks. Now she'll never learn that equation because yeah. you finished it for her and she'll never become an, uh, like, whatever she is, scientist of some mm-hmm. kind. So there's that. And uh, he he convinces, that's when he convinces her to go on a road trip with him uh, like yeah, random um, people. Well, at the end of this scene, but there's a lot going on in okay. this scene. I oh, no, 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 we're not, we're not at the road trip yet. No, no, but because I, oh, we didn't talk about it with her then. No, not not in this scene. Okay. Um, 
because like they he completes and they talk about physics for a little while and she's impressed that this lit professor uh you know, knows anything about physics, which again, he shouldn't. Yeah. He's not a person who knows physics. He's barely a person who knows how to count. <laughs> They're talking about time travel uh, because he's like, oh, I have this theory that like one could travel back within his own lifetime. And she's <laughs> like, what the fuck are you? You're goddamn crazy. Go, go talk to Heinlein. Um, uh, but uh, he goes, oh, like if, if you could go back in time, like when would you go to? And she says, Oh, I'd go back to when I was happiest, when I was six or so. Also because, like, that's how that works. If you, as an adult, go back to your childhood, then you will be just as happy as you were as a child, right? Yeah. That's how humans work. (laughs) But she says, oh, I'd go back to when I was happiest, when I was six. And Sam immediately jumps in and says, before your father left you? Ugh. Ugh. Sam, what are you doing? (laughs) Like... Everything's wrong. First Sam. of all, you shouldn't. Why? Why would you say that? To Don't him? do it, Sam. <laughs> also, you're, you're Professor Brian's. Stop. Yeah, that was real bad. <laughs> Sam, like, I really hope in this series you learn some form of tact sooner or later. Ugh. Well, and it's the fact that the sexy music's playing and he's dressed all sexy and he's trying to, he's clearly interested in her and she knows it. Like, she's not dumb. She knows he's after her. Yeah. Especially because this prof is a lech. But, like, how does it look then that this older prof is clearly dressed well, trying to hit on you, and then brings up your father leaving you? Like, if that were me, I would be like, you motherfucker, you are playing on my daddy issues to try to get me to sleep with you. Like, I would also, I would that call the cops. That's true. That's a good point, is that I would be like, for... Like, good. I don't know for what. I would just be like, can he's you... He's stalking me. I'd you, be like, he's, yeah. yeah, stalking, absolutely. This is crazy, but somehow or other, he managed to, to, to soothe her. Charm her. God only knows how. Like, I saw it and I don't yeah. believe it. <laughs> and then they... Uh, uh, he manages to convince her to um, talk physics with him. She goes, oh, I'm going to go to the library. And he goes, oh, it's a nice public place. We can go there and I can tell you about my string theory of quantum leap. Yeah. And she's like, no. And he says again, like, it's a public place. Or he makes it, mm-hmm. let's just say he really stresses that it's a public place, which is good, but still kind of creepy yeah. in a weird way that it's like. You're trying to lure her with the yeah. <laughs> illusion of safety, and that's well, like, creeping me well, out. You know, it's too. always it's always such a good sign when you convince people to talk to you by being like, "Look, I'm not a threat." Yeah, what am I gonna do? It's a public place. Like, come on. Ugh. I mean, look, honestly, if I was gonna do something, I wouldn't do it in a library. <laughs> Yeah, think about it that way. It's like, oh, I'm thinking about it every way, buddy. I, 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 honestly, I cannot stop thinking about it. <laughs> then we get a nice montage of him explaining quantum physics to her. Which is problematic, too. Yeah. Given the time travel aspect of this. is like, okay, so you're teaching this woman about uh, something she should not know yet, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. But he explains quantum leap to her, so <laughs> maybe she becomes Sam Beckett in this new timeline? Yeah. Sure. And then, uh, can I can I get to Al's next outfit? Yep, next, the next Al scene is what I have. Okay, so he's dressed as a pharaoh, kind of. like. I mean, it's, it's definitely a pharaoh effect. Like, I, like, it's hard to determine what he's wearing because he's just got, like, this tea towel, basically, with 
uh, with Egyptian hieroglyphics hanging from his waistband. Yeah. And, uh, like, the rest of it kind of goes along. He's got yeah, his it's beige the same, number it's on. It's the same color palette. Yeah. And uh, he's sort of talking, not talking to him in code, but uh, trying to urge mm-hmm. Sam to understand that there, there's, there are other people in the room with yeah. Al. The committee is there with Al in the room. <laughs> they cannot see or hear Sam. Sam cannot see or hear them. But Al can see and hear everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So he's limited in what he can say. Um, and we learn that he's wearing the sash. Um, actually, I will point out that I wrote a note that's like, why is Al dressed as a pharaoh? But then I was like, well, you know what? Wiseman dresses as Lincoln. So who, who am I to judge? Yeah. Who am I to judge the fashion of the future? But then we find out it's the hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. He's uh, sending Sam a message because Sam not only knows hieroglyphics but can read them fluently like without any any resources uh yeah. al reminds him of this by saying like oh um remember uh uh sam you have six doctorates for instance the one in uh medicine and quantum physics and the one in ancient languages pointing at his sash and that's crazy in and of itself too is like so you've majored, like, you have all these science degrees and then ancient languages? Does that make sense? No. Like, maybe it I does. I will say it doesn't. Unless, like, maybe, maybe, like, the other Latin three... Latin nomenclature The other things. three end up being, like, um, <laughs> like, again, I think he's got a music. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll see that pretty soon. A doctorate um, in I, it, or or maybe not, but like I mean, like maybe maybe medicine and quantum physics are the only sciencey ones, and the other ones like there's probably a philosophy. You gotta bet one of them's philosophy. Yeah, but even so, like like a doctorate in ancient languages. That's like, a lot. That's a lot, and so different, so out of your field. And also, like my thing is Al walks into the room wearing Egyptian hieroglyphics and then says, hey, you know how you can read ancient hieroglyphics? Why didn't they pull him out of the room in that moment? Yeah, yeah. Lincoln in the corner is like, I have a feeling that something's going on. That's my Lincoln voice. It um, takes them a very long time to clue into what's happening. Yeah, far too long for... Um, Anyway, long enough... Smart people. Long enough for Sam to uh, discern that Donna Alisi's father lives in Washington, D.C., works at the Pentagon. Uh, He works for the Army. Mm-hmm. This is this is the stuff we learn when finally they catch on to what Al is doing and drag him out of the room. At which point, Al goes, "How could I possibly tell him through hieroglyphics that Donna Elise's dad's name is Colonel Wojohowicz?" <laughs> like, mm, oh, I think they might be onto you, Al. I don't know. It was a real close call. <laughs> no, I love it. And yeah, so he's going on a trip, mm-hmm. and he goes to Donna, and it's like, just come on this trip with me. It's fine. And I'm like, and and she 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 agrees to go on this trip with him and with two others, two others, one of whom is a giant. <laughs> oh, and that's the best part too is is uh is it I don't know if it's before or after Oscar comes to his door and pu- punches him in the face because he said he was going to break his face, right? This is right. This is before. Before, yeah. Okay, so yeah, sure, I'll go on this road trip with you, whatever. 
Donna says to him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any other points about that scene, other than the fact that she somehow agrees to get in a car with Again, this man and like, go out with of town. This creepy professor who's been creeping on you all along, and a, and a university wrestler. Like, you are not safe, Donna. No, like, first of all, just don't... don't I firmly believe you should not get in a car with anyone, but that's a different... Like, like, you have to be real careful about this stuff, but she's like, sure, this guy has proven that I don't know. I don't know. I was very flabbergasted by that. Yeah, bad choice. Bad choice, Donna. Okay, so that's that's all I got until yeah, uh, we um, see Oscar. Coming. Oscar comes back in to break uh, his face because Sam's advice to him didn't work. Yeah. Unclear why. Well, no, because uh, he's he's like, well, I did give her, I did read her poetry. And he's like, well, what was it like? And then he's like, I told her she makes me horny. <laughs> and he starts talking about how all his poetry was about being horny. And Yeah. And and Sam suggests the line, uh, you leave me breathless with passion, which is the same as horny, but better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, sure. Um, and then... Uh, and then, uh, yeah, oh, oh, also, horny, sorry. horny isn't romantic, Sam says. And then Oscar says, well, it is to me. <laughs> I kind of love that. I kind of, well, it is he's, a, he's an honest man. This is also, I just, uh, had one here, mm-hmm. which is, um, at the beginning of this scene, the doorbell rings, Sam opens the door. The first thing we see is Oscar punching Sam. Sam reels back, having been punched, pauses for a second, and then just punches Oscar back in the face. <laughs> And then they just proceed to have a normal conversation. <laughs> they like, got it out of their systems. Now they're ready like to talk. Like one punch each, fair. We're even Z's. Isn't that just how men talk? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to talk about your feelings, you just have to have one punch first to prove that you're butch. That's why the show... I'm trying to make some kind of joke about the show One Punch Man. Oh, I don't know this show. I haven't seen it. Oh. It's just called One Punch Man. Sure. So all you need is one punch. But it's man. actually like like a really um kind of deep show about men talking about their feelings. You just have to start the episode with a punch. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just all about um mental health and and uh, uh body image. Yeah, once you get over that one punch man, you're ready for friendship. <laughs> um They really love the word horny in this episode. Well, yeah. And they go on a road trip. They go on the most awkward road trip ever. With, with the, yeah. Oscar and Jamie Lee in the back, Sam driving, and Donna, Elise, and riding shotgun. Yeah. And so we watched the scene three times. We went back and rewatched this scene three times. <laughs> because there was a lot going on. Um, if I can talk about my experience with it, because, uh, okay, what's the first thing that prompts it? Um, Maybe you remember. Um, they pass a deer, and everyone's oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, look at that beautiful deer!" And uh, and Oscar like aims a mimed gun at the deer and pulls the trigger, which upsets Jamie Lee. She's like, "How could you kill that beautiful uh, uh, beast?" To which Oscar replies, "Like it's just a stag," and I'm like, "What? what? A stag is a pretty magnificent creature." Like, yeah. It's it's not it's just a stag. It's like being like just just a, just a tiger. Like 
It's a big deal, I think. It's just a giant squid. It's just a, it's just a kraken. God, God, Jamie Lee. And so Jamie Lee gets upset, and then in order to smooth things over, because their B plot, the thing that yeah. that they're actually there to do, is to try and get Oscar and Jamie Lee together. So they start to say, "Oh, yeah, you know, Romeo hunted stags all the time." Yeah. Which is ridiculous. I mean, I don't know. You might be able to pour over it and be like, yeah, sure, they, there's some reference. I don't think there is. I'm sure also, because, he did, but it's not a defining characteristic. Yeah, also, because, man. like, clearly Sam is making it up because he's never read Romeo and Juliet. He hates English. Furthermore, he's a fictional character in a play, so, like, and, and there's been no indication in that play whether he yeah. does that. We can assume most young men of the time did, but I'm going to get into the logistics of, of how they're digging into the character study of Romeo. <laughs> but that's fine. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, so that's how it starts. And then they start talking about what we figured out was Jane Eyre. Yeah. And I realized, okay, this is why I was confused, because uh, then someone says, like, yeah, and so did uh, Mr. Rochester. Yeah. Or so did Rochester. And then... Um, and then Jamie Lee says, oh, yeah, when Blanche shows up at... Uh... Here's the problem. She says, yeah, that's right, when Blanche first arrives at Thornwood... And um, I can see the rage in your eyes right now. I haven't read Jane Eyre, <laughs> but you look so angry about this. It's Thornfield okay. Hall is the house in Jane Eyre. She, Jane Eyre and Rochester live in Thornfield Hall, not in Thornwood. <laughs> like sure. There is no Thornwood in Jane Eyre. That's why I was fucking confused at this whole conversation. That's also, all. why is it happening in the first place? But I take your point. My point is that it, it, for for a student who we've shown has a great passion for English literature, she uh, made a pretty big mistake. Yeah, well, this is the question. Is this a Donald P. Belisario error or is this a Jamie Lee, the character ah, error? Ah, see, I wondered because I'm like, is it her fault for being a bad student? Is it is it Professor Bryant's fault for being a bad English teacher? Or is it Belisario's fault? Well, who's to say? I mean, I can see him writing, um, I, um, oh, she's not that smart. Because she, she is painted as not particularly smart throughout. Not like but street she, smart, but she clearly reads a lot. Yeah, she clearly, like, that's the thing. If, if, if this was a Belisario choice to have her make this mistake, it's out of character. This she, is the first she quotes, mistake she's made. That's right. She quotes full chunks of text yeah. that she's memorized from, like, like, beautiful from, English poems. And from, like, the Once and Future King or whatever. Like, that's right. obscure shit. Yeah, so I don't think she... And and it's also like there, are, even by the seventies, there was at least one good film interpretation of Jane Eyre. Yeah, like it's not like a really obscure book. Yeah, so we'll we'll agree that whether or not it was intentional, Donald P could have done better. Yeah, I'm also not sure. I didn't actually read it. I was just in a play of of oh. it, so I know this. I was Mrs. Fairfax, so it's fine. So that's why I know so much about it. But um. Yeah, she. I'm. I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't know. I guess I'd have to. I'd have to read it. You know what? I didn't read it, so I can't comment on whether or not Blanche made maybe, a comment about maybe hunting. in the book it's fair, Greenhavenberg. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. I googled it to make sure while we were watching. I was like Thornwood. In any case, after they've managed to convince uh, Jamie Lee 
that it's it's so weird to keep but saying Jamie Lee because I just think of Jamie Lee Curtis. I just picture her in the latest Halloween movie with her gun in her hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I see. Yeah. Um. Anyway, after convincing her that all these uh, romantic characters used to hunt stag, she's okay with it. She she kind of looks over at Oscar and says, "Well, is that how you hunt stags? Like, how many different ways are there? Well, like, he used a gun. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that that Romeo didn't hunt them with a fucking rifle." So then, uh, at this point, they randomly pull into a gas station, and yeah. this is, it's such a small point, but I just want to say, at the establishing shot of them pulling into the gas station just has the, like, 60 or 70-year-old gas station attendant in the middle of the night, wiping down <laughs> the front of the gas pump with a cloth. Did, wh- what? What? <laughs> what a life that person what? leads. Like, it's a 24-hour gas station, sure, but you're not, like, cleaning the machine <laughs> yeah. right now. No. Old Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's that. What service, Sam says. And at this moment, he realizes, I think, talking to Al, yeah. that um, if, if he fixes her, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. like, as in fixes her daddy issues, um, at the expense of... Or he might fix her at the expense of him not getting uh, getting her in the end. Yeah, because, because she was engaged to somebody before Sam. She left him, started dating Sam, then left Sam. If he fixes her, um, she will probably stay with him, with the first the husband. The first guy. Because why not make a commitment yeah. if she doesn't have commitment issues? Um so that's an interesting moral quandary that it comes up. It is interesting. Up. And like, again, if you, um, if you kind of buy into all the bullshit that's surrounding this, it kind of um, makes him a little bit more uh, uh, commendable if he's willing to fix her so that she will be happy with whichever guy. Like, it's slightly better. Well, I won't comment on the ending just yet, because we'll get to my feelings about it later. But at this moment in time, I did think, I thought to myself, "Uh, okay, so in in the end, he's going to make the the moral decision and help her, even if it doesn't serve his interests. He's going to choose her happiness, whether or not that benefits himself. This is my assumption at this point in the episode. We'll address it later. Yeah. Um, then he talks to Donna and um, tells her, because she's like, why are you taking me here, blah, 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 or something. And he says, you remind me of her. Um, and that's creepy. Yeah. it's Like, just generally, this is a, a TV and movie trope of just, like, referring to, like, you know, the one that got away, your long lost love, as just her with no name or explanation yeah like that is not and she's okay with it she's like oh okay her hundo p yeah i remind you of her with a capital h okay yeah quotation marks it's like and she's like yeah 12 years younger it's like okay so when did you date her because even me 12 years older is still too young for you dude yeah yeah very weird and then um and then uh she says my Another one of my favorite lines, you're taking me to see my father. You really are romantic. And she says it with apparent sincerity. And tears, and tears, in, tears her in her eyes. Which again, Terry Hatcher, decent actor. Oh, she's so good in this. She's so good. She cries real, she does. real nice. She does like her, her lip tremble is a little bit stagey. But other than that, she's doing a real good work. Real good, Terry. Um, and uh, yeah. 
I feel the need to say at this moment that Jamie Lee, I, I do love. I think she's an excellent comedic actor. I feel bad. Now that I've you know that she her. was in Dracula Dead no, and loving it. But a little bit more, yeah. Um, but I feel bad if I I wasn't picking on her. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, you're taking me to see my father. You really are romantic. I'm not even going to unpack that because yeah. I don't know where to start. Yeah. That's a lot. I just, ew. Yeah, don't. Donald, come on. <laughs> Um, and then they get to the Pentagon, where yeah. two guys at the front desk... Well, it's it's not, like, the main building of the Pentagon. We're going to find out later right. that it's not, but it's, like, just a, like an office block or something. Right. That's what we see. We see it as just kind of, like, it, it's clearly his residence. Yeah. Colonel Wojohowicz's residence. But, and I, 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 I love how, um how he's like oh we're just gonna go see this guy and they're like well you, you like do you have id they're like no we don't have id this is our daughter they're like well we, we can't let you in and he's like you yeah thanks guys and is like yeah. real rude to them i'm like it's the military yeah it's the pentagon yeah what did you think was gonna this happen is a colonel who is shipping out to vietnam literally in the morning you probably should have brought id like you yeah well have i mean six they do have they do have id the problem is that donna alisi right. uses her mother's maiden name uh, oh, she does so have ID. so her ID doesn't match Wojohowicz. and they can't reach him because his phone is on do not disturb or something. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know, but like sure, fine. You had to maybe anticipate something. I don't know. Uh. The great thing I the thing that I love about this is um, so. They come up and have a long discussion with these two security guards saying, hey, we just drove overnight from Ohio. Uh, we, we're here to see the dude. Whatever. They have this whole conversation. Then they leave. The security guard immediately gets suspicious and says, hey, I don't trust those guys. He walks out. And he goes, oh, there's a car in the visitor lot. That wasn't there before. And it's like, well, I wonder who's that could be genius. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why no there might be why might there be a car in the visitors parking lot? And he walks out to the car and he says, "They're Ohio plates." It's like, yeah, they just <laughs> told you they drove overnight. Why? What is suspicious about this? Yeah, yeah, it's very strange. And, the, and then, uh, well, we'll get to the people. In the, okay, well, I really like the line when she's like, "Oh no, we're gonna get in trouble." Um, Jamie Lee in the back with mm-hmm. Oscar. They're hiding in the back of the car while the, the security guard is looking around. We're doing a really bad job checking out this suspicious car because yeah. there's two grown adults in there. And didn't some, didn't one of them say, like, better check the back seat or something? I didn't hear that. Did I imagine that? Maybe, Maybe I, not. I, Maybe that was just my mind being like, <laughs> you... look in the back seat, dumbass. <laughs> but, like, um, and yeah, so she says, like, we're going to get in trouble. And uh, Oscar goes, don't worry, I'll protect you. I'm like... They're not going to beat you guys up or kill you. They're yeah. just going to arrest you or you something. You're going to protect her from that? You probably are going to get in trouble, but yeah. you're not in danger. You're just going to get in trouble. Um, and then we see the reunion between Donna and her father, and it's very sweet. I think it's very, it was pretty emotional. I was like, oh, that's, that's yeah. pretty, that's pretty nice. It's good, yeah. Um, until. Until. <laughs> She walks over to, again, Professor Bryan's is what he looks like. Yep. He doesn't look for like For all Sam. she knows. For all she knows and for all her father knows, this professor is standing there, this older man, and she says, if only you were a little younger. Or no, if only you were, and he says, what, a little younger? 
<gasps> and then he kisses her on the on forehead. On the nose. Oh, on the nose. On the nose. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> oh, no. No. I, oh, my God. And her father just kind of, like, looks away. That's the thing. But I mean, not, like... like not like in a way that's like oh like like our vomiting response yeah. he's just like oh i'm just going to politely look away yeah and it's like it's like not much better than it's sam doing it cuz sam it's like oh i'll see you soon when like i'm me but it's still like kissing a human on the nose is like unless it's intimate and her father's right there yeah Sorry, not unless it's intimate yeah, and her yeah. father's right there. I just, I just had it to say that. It is intimate. It's a very intimate thing and her father's right there. My partner of almost seven years would not kiss my nose in front of my father, I think I could say. I would find that weird. I mean, I think a kiss on the nose is a little weird anyway, but maybe that's just me. I mean, I don't think anybody would care, but I'd be like, meh. <laughs> but I'm a... Yeah. So he leaves her to <laughs> connect with her friend. father. He's he just leaves them be and starts walking down the stairs. Yeah. Um dancing and snapping. Dancing and doing a little a little scat. Yeah. I mean singing, not the other. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> thankfully. And uh, and he's he's talking to Al at full volume. Meanwhile, security's on high alert at the Pentagon, mm-hmm. and he's oh, just dancing his way down the stairs. we forgot to mention, stairs. they broke in. Like, oh, they yeah, fully, yeah. they found an unlocked door and went in. We should have probably mentioned that before. <laughs> That's how they got to her father. So security's on high alert. They're like, I found, an, I found an open door, so they know someone broke in. Yeah. And he's just dancing his way through life. Do, and, do, 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 do. Well, he probably mm-hmm. thinks he's going to leap anytime, and then, like, fuck Professor Bryant, he can get arrested for all I care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good luck, Professor, getting out of this situation. But you know what? He's He seems like a sleazeball anyway, so let's yeah. let's leave him in the Exactly. Pentagon. And then, uh, in the backseat of the car also, um, we see, we see uh, Oscar and Jamie Lee, which... Um, before they kiss, which is apparently the catalyst for him to yeah to uh, to to leap, um, he's like Oscar says something about how much he cares for Jamie Lee, and she's like not sure, and she just looks at him and is like, "Well, you are big." Yep, and that's the end of that scene. That's let's forget the juvenile element of this, which is how that can sound sexual. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the instant. Uh, Animal yeah. House version we all imagine as soon as we hear that. Let's forget about that. And just think about how she justifies like, well, I guess I can love you. You are big. Was that not in re- response to him saying, I'll protect you? Don't worry, Was I'll protect it? you. I think it might have been, well, you are big. I still think it's weird though because it comes yeah. before the kiss, which is what yeah. sends him back. Yeah. So that... I think we're led to believe that's the moment that she decides to to go. I will love yeah, Oscar instead he of is Professor Bryant. But <laughs> like, um, but we, oh, we're skipping over so much in the stairwell, though. Okay, all right, you go. We have well. First of all, I I love this is my other. How does hologram physics work? Uh-huh. Because we see Al walking downstairs in the stairwell. Presumably his, like, imaging chamber or whatever does not have a stairwell just conveniently positioned right there. Interesting, yeah. Did they build one in just for such an occasion? Well, you know, it's like the Star Trek holodeck thing. Like, how does it work? Do we just accept that? No, I do not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
the end. It's a problem. <laughs> it's a it's a problem, Donald. Come on, because like at one at one point we see we get it's kind a of problem. We Donald. cut to we cut from like Sam walking away from Al walking downstairs, and he turns the corner. And we cut to a new shot with Al standing there, and that's okay. But then, in a later, in a minute, a minute later, we actually physically see him walking downstairs, and that's a problem for me. <laughs> uh, but the second thing is, Al reveals that they're at the Watergate. It's oh, yeah. the Watergate Hotel. They broke in the same night that the Watergate break-in happened, and that's the joke. Yeah. Um, you forgot it because it's so nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it doesn't mean anything. It's yeah. like you didn't. There's no payoff with that story. Exactly. So why it's, do I care? The thing that you like, they're they're like the interesting thing was like if they had actually committed the Watergate break-in, like if that was the thing, they went in to see Colonel Wojohowitz, and that's the thing that started the scandal. But they don't do that. They just it's a coincidence they happen to break in the same night. And then the thing is that. Uh, presumably they managed to get in because somebody had taped over the lock the latch of the door presumably that was the actual break-in people so they happened to find the same door five minutes later and just went in Mm. but it's so uninteresting yeah and uninterested how they present that it's just like oh isn't that convenient well and for all of this lead up with the politics and the election they mention the election a few times several times yeah. yeah and like we get long takes of like the radio talking about the democratic national convention and shit yeah we have the reference to nixon's peace gesture mm-hmm. like we're loaded with nixon references in this and and things like that and it just is so silly to me because i mean i guess it's to no political Point. Like nothing interesting it comes from it other yeah. than like, don't you see? It was Watergate. Get it? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, what, what was the point of it. this? I don't get it, Donald. Why? And then, uh, yeah. And then, and then, um, Jamie Lee and Oscar have just a great big open mouth kiss. Ooh, with his big old face. Oh my god, his face is so close to the camera. His face is pretty small, so it's pretty interesting and it's like to look the, at. Oh my god, they're it's so open mouthed. You're gonna have some fascinating redheaded children, those two. <sighs> and I, I look forward to the sequel. And then at that exact moment, Sam leaps. Yeah. I don't know why I wrote the the note for a genius, you're a real idiot, Beckett. <laughs> but uh, I think it's worth sharing. That's probably true. Yep. But anyway, the point is we don't actually find out how things shaped out with uh, Donna and her father, whether her uh, daddy issues were quote-unquote fixed. That's right. I did want to get back to that because, um, yeah, we don't know what happened. And Al says in the stairwell, like, well, so what if you fix her and she stays with uh, her first husband? And he's like, you don't know that. Maybe she will end up with me. You don't know. Yeah. I think I will end up with her. We don't get any, you know, I, I guess I was really waiting for the moment where he says, like, that's not why I did it. Mm-hmm. I did it because I love her. Yeah. And I want her to be happy and have a relationship with her father. Yeah. Like, I was waiting for that moment. That never came. Yeah. It, it, at no point does he go like, I just want her to be happy. It's not, a, yeah, it's not about me. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think kind of Donald... Donald was kind of like nodding towards that, but at the line of dialogue he actually ends up writing was, maybe, but maybe she'll dump him and stick with me. <laughs> sure, Sam. 
okay. You can always hope. So you did do it for the wrong reason. Yeah, That's yeah absolutely great. you did. Like <laughs> I was trying to throw you, you a bone. Yeah, exactly. It was like such a <laughs> nod to doing the right thing and then ends up not. <laughs> hard swer- hard U turn back mm-hmm. to <laughs> back mm-hmm. to the wrong reason for for fucking with a young woman's uh <laughs> fragile I don't know. Psyche. Like, I mean, yeah. not, not, not that her psyche is fragile, but like. In All of the, her psyches in are the, fragile. And also in the imagery of this TV show, yes, she's she's a fragile uh, young woman who uh, will will break hearts for all eternity. Well, let's just say, too, that she she openly said, like, I was happy. Like, I haven't been happy since I was six when my father was still around. Yeah. I'm unhappy because my father left. Yeah. And he's... So I would say she's admitted that she, there's some something going on yeah. there. So, anyway. Anyway, Sam leaps... Yeah. He, ...into... A boxer. He's in the ring and he just uh, uh, gets punched right in the face, falls down, and the ref starts... Is it a ref? It's not an umpire. Is it a boxing ref? I think it is. MC? Yeah, the master of ceremonies <laughs> starts counting him out. What do you think next episode is? Oh, wait. Um, listen to the Pitch Off Project. Oh, and listen to On a Dark Cold Night. What do you think next episode is going to be about? I think that, um, okay, so he's a boxer. And it's going to be the, the kind of thing where, like, there's mobster involvement. Like, where they're like, you got to throw the next fight. And uh, and he's like, well, I'm not going to throw the fight for no one. And they're like, you will if you, you know, You're if you know what's good You're pitching the movie Rocky. <laughs> I haven't seen Rocky. It's that. Great. But also, like, let's it's, be fair. It's a trope. It's, it's been... a TV show from 1989 doing a boxing episode. Probably, like, Rocky is a pretty good framework. Yeah, it's also, uh, you know, Daredevil's father in uh, the comics and TV show. It's I'll a trope. take your word, yeah. That's a trope of um, boxer being told. To... I, I'm sure I've seen that several times. Like, uh, the Three Stooges episode. So do you Probably think, not. yeah, his goal is to not throw the fight? No, I think... Uh, wait, what did I say? So he's going to have to decide if he throws the fight or not. The guy from the past didn't throw the fight and got murdered. So he has to throw the fight, which means he's going to get the shit kicked out of him, which I'm looking for. That will be fun. No, but I mean, if you throw the fight, you can go down in the first round. That's fine. Yeah. And he's going to, he's going to do this and save this guy's life. And this Mm -hmm. guy will go on to do something amazing. But he'll be discredited Um, as, as somebody who threw a fight in his youth. Or won't be a, he won't box anymore, which is probably for the best too. Yeah. Because boxers have like permanent brain damage and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's gonna save this guy's life, but it's also gonna be a really dark episode where we uh, we deal with uh, issues of pride and and also we're gonna see we're gonna see Sam severely beaten. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And that'll be next Friday mm-hmm. on on the next episode of, of Oh Boy, Boy it's, it's Kristen, Kristen and Lee. Bye. Bye.